Welcome back to Insights. Uh, we are still in episode 36, uh, but we're now in part two and talking to Nine. And we've transitioned from his experience at CBS uh, through the recruiting cycle, through the internship, and then through the final offer um, where he's at um, uh, McKinsey, New York, uh, and staying in the States. So now we got our second year uh, where a lot of people take it easy because you got the job offer. Um, and nine uh, is pretty ambitious, right? So uh, as I said, graduated with the uh, top five. So he's still going to class, still wants to get the great grades, but then there's something called career fellows. Can, can you tell us what that is? Yeah, for sure. So career fellow is basically having second years, right? Or people who, most of the people who have jobs, coach um, first years. Um, who are going through the exact same recruitment process. We do a lot of resume editing. We do a lot of, you know, helping. We, we help um, students discover what they want to do. Most of the times you'll come to you and just ask, what do you do in your job? Um, and especially with me having both consulting and tech experience, I do get a lot of MBBs asking me, like, what was my line of thinking transitioning from one job to the next? Okay. Um, I do a lot of interview preparations and some offer, like, negotiations. Like, they do ask me, like, how do you choose between different offers when you're presented with more than one? So that's what I do. I help them with everything as part of their their um, their recruitment process, right? Yeah. And this was like an application-based project. So um, out of 100 who applied, basically like 50 or 60 or 100 plus who are applied, I think 50 or 60 were selected. And we become one batch of career fellows who help th these like 800 students, whoever wants our help can sign up. And we give them time in 30 minute slots. And Which is already crazy, man. Like just let's put that into perspective is that more people want to help than mm. they allow. You know what I mean? Like you'd think yeah. it would be the opposite where they're like begging people like, come on, can you please mm. help out? Can you edit some resume? And nothing you just described sounds fun, even though it's literally my job. So that's not true. I mm. love it. Um, but for most people living in New York, like they have better things to do. So uh, yeah. it's pretty crazy that you have more than 100 people say, yes, I want to totally do that. I want to coach these people and help them discover yeah. themselves and edit resumes, even though I already did 100. Like you'd be totally burned out. But somehow a bunch of people want to help with this. Columbia picks yeah. the best of the best. Exactly. And then you get placed in this role. Um, how do you get matched? And how many people take advantage of career fellows? Well, a lot. Yeah. So how we get matched is we basically, first of all, I think it's fulfilling, right? To speak to students who are going through the same process as you. That's cool. Um, but also like, um, before going to how I get matched, I think I my goal for applying for this, and that's always how I position myself, is to help international students, right? Um, I definitely think that we internationals, whether it's Chinese, Thais, Southeast Asians, are at a much um, at a not at a at the best position to be in jobs, right? Because of the work authorization and everything, so right. I really want to help them strategize their way into work. And for me, some of them have um do not have the best English speaking skills. So for me, mm -hmm. all I wanted to tell them and help them prepare is over index on preparation, and that was really my goal, right? I really wanted to help international students, especially with ties. Um, there are twenty ties in J terms this year the largest in history, we became the largest international group out of that year in 2024. Wow. Um, 
So it was really large and I really want to help them as well. I actually organized two separate episodes with them to talk about recruiting and to talk about the best, you know, the best classes at CBS. So we had two, two lunch breaks where we just uh, booked a room and we went through that and it was sponsored by the Carrier Center. So it was nice. really cool. Um, but yeah, how do we get matched? We basically every week are asked to put at least two two time slots on this platform and any students can come to us asking for help um i usually put more of my time there because i'm free on fridays <coughs> and um yeah i try and you're able to write descriptions of what describes yourself um what types of people should be coming to you and ask mm. i would say during the beginning of the process my fridays were booked right like on the maximum i was speaking back to back to eight people sometimes doing a lot of things resume editing wow. so it was a lot and most of them 70 percent were international students okay. so i think it did fit my intention to help right so it was really the profile i wanted to help and um, a lot of these became recurring. So they, you know, update you when they get interviews, they come back to you and ask for help. They ask you to do more resume edits. So it was really fun and it really matched what I really wanted to do. Yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, obviously, uh, you had been on the other side of the process a couple of times, right? So applying to school is super stressful um, yeah. and having people help you through that, whether that's... Uh, MB, uh, McKinsey's, you know, the year before you or friends or, or whomever, but you know that you couldn't get through it alone, right? Like mm -hmm. the application process is, is brutal. And so I think uh, it is, I mean, I know it's really rewarding. Like I, I love what I do, um, but getting to, you know, pay that forward and, and do that for other people that may have some struggles, I, I think is really cool. And, and I understand why you found that emotionally fulfilling. Um, and then same thing, right? Like you saw how hard it was, even for somebody from your background, your fluency, your brand, uh, re uh, recruiting was still really hard, right? So people that may come from uh, tech, or sorry, engineering backgrounds and not have been in the English language program, uh, B and J term, I mean, these people are facing even more of an uphill battle. So mm -hmm. uh, again, see why you would want to help them out. I didn't realize it was 20. I think we had 12 J terms last year, which I thought was insane, but um, yeah, I didn't realize it was, realize 20. That the, the it was insane. Yeah. It was so insane. that's a lot. <laughs> and so to put those numbers real quickly into perspective, though, is the two year is only 30% international uh, mm. and the J term is 70% international. Mm. So mm. Uh, J terms are I mean, it's great because they can let in more people, but it's because they're not competing for all the internships, but then a lot of them want to. Um, and so, uh, but J terms, you know, they, they may not, they, I mean, I don't know the, it, the two years in the J terms, it's, it's not that one's good and one's bad, but mm -hmm. it is much harder to get into the two year, right? Um, J term is still a fantastic program. Uh, to clarify between the J term and the two and the one year Kellogg, for example, is the one year Kellogg is one year. It's half the size of the two year Kellogg. Mm. Uh, sorry, Columbia J term is the exact same uh, course load. Mm, so exactly. it's yeah. the full MBA. You just don't get a break. So mm -hmm. the reason J term is so popular when one year programs are not is because J term does not short you academically. Mm -hmm. Right. You may miss out on some of the clubs or some of the time off or some of the internships, although a lot of people still manage that. They just don't sleep. But from a, a class perspective, it is a full MBA. And I think that's mm -hmm. why J term has been so popular, because every other school has had to 
diminish the academic side of it, at least a little bit, just because that's how time works. You know what I mean? Um, So there's uh, the only one I think is really close is LBS does that too. LBS, Mm -hmm. you can graduate in 15 months, 18 months, or 21 months, Mm -hmm. but the course requirements are the same. So you Mm. just take a bunch of classes if you want to get out early or you can stay the full two years. So Mm. I Mm. I think that's an exception. But most shorter programs are shorter, right? But J-Term's not. So J-Term's awesome. Um, But it is also the place where some people get in uh, where, you know, you'll see SCG scholars, you'll see some engineers, you'll see, uh, again, people that went to uh, Thai schools and, Mm. and, and maybe not the English language program. So when you're coming from BBA, you know, you have a lot to offer. Uh, and and I see why it would be hard to not, you know what I mean? Mm, mm, mm. Yep, definitely. Yep. So I assume this is a really, you said 70% international and not exclusively Thai, but international. Uh, and so uh, that's a rewarding experience, I, mm. I would think, right? Um, mm-hmm. What, just out of curiosity, what nationalities other than Thai were represented? And did you feel like they were saying, uh, facing some of the same challenges? You mean the ones that came to me for help? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of Chinese, right? Okay. A lot of um, Japanese. Okay. Um, and a lot of um, uh, Brazilians, so Latin Americans. Yes, the same. They all, I think, had issues with communicating, right? And selling themselves. If you really listen to them, they've done fantastic work. But on resume, it's, it's not... It is not represented, right? And even in inter- even when they have um interview invites, when they case, they're not they're not good at you know marketing themselves out, and that's what I try to help them. So definitely, I think all of them face the same issues. So compared to Americans, right? And I think maybe that's uh I don't know. I'm literally thinking about this off the top of my head, but um, Columbia is an alumni interview, right? So. Yep. If, if you interview with an alum, for example, right, you're a Thai interviewing with a Thai, they don't expect the same level of arrogance, right? They don't expect yeah. that American bravado um, yeah. that you might see. Um, so since you're interviewing with alums, you can get into a great school because you're awesome and the people are willing to understand and yeah. take the time <clears throat> and look beyond, uh, you know, just what you said or how you said <clears throat> it necessarily. But when you get in... That's no longer the case. These are not alums. You're interviewing with Americans for American roles, right? So uh, you do have to up your game. Even though you got into an M7, the fact that it's not uh, somebody from your nationality, and an alum is not always your nationality, but still often, right? Uh, So they were having trouble kind of transitioning to that American version of uh, interviewing. Is that accurate? Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you help with that, man? Like, do you just tell them, hey, don't be shy? <laughs> or do you talk? I mean, what do you, how do you culturally change somebody? I say this as if I don't do it all the time, but I mean, for you personally, mm-hmm. um, uh, how did you get people to maybe come out of their shells a little bit or mm-hmm. adapt to a, a, an American dynamic? Yeah, most of the times, um, this is a very short span of time in which they have to prepare, right? So what I usually tell them to do is to write out a script. Unless you have it in front of you and you start rehearsing, you would never jump into that more, I would say, aggressive mode, right? So Mm. my number one tip is utilize what they have, right? Right now, it's usually done via Zoom. 
it's important to have maybe a few buzzwords or a few scripts in front of you so you are able to say what is the right way of saying that rather than thinking it all in your head. So that's the mm. one. write it out, look that's at good. the screen, try to say and market yourself in a way that we've prepared, right? So we, I help them prepare and I make sure they say it by, you know, helping them craft the script. Um, secondly, I try to tell them to look at more examples online, right? How Americans interview to help them get a better sense that they're not overselling themselves enough at all. So right. those are the two tips. But at, yeah, I think you're right. At the end of the day, it depends on them whether they want to implement it or not um, and what they're comfort- and whether or not they're comfortable saying stuff. But at least that's the thing I help. And I try to practice with them and I actually try to note down what are some better ways. Um, if I were you, I would say this instead of this, you know, oh, with your okay. degree. Um, and yeah, and most of the time they do listen, right? So I give them more examples. Just yeah. the stronger phrasing where it's the same exactly. basic thing, but you're exactly. saying it in a stronger way. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of, you know, we do 12 weeks of group interview, but obviously mm. 12 weeks is a long time. <laughs> so, uh, it, the 30 hours of group interview, the six hours of private, uh, video essay coaching. I mean, we just have a lot more time to get people yeah. ready. Uh, but it is and plus, that's, you've already gone through the outlining and drafting stage. By the mm. time you get to interview, you're kind of over a lot of the the humility issues. Mm. Um, but saying it out loud is harder than writing it down, too. So exactly. uh, you see people early on where they're <laughs> kind of choking on their words. So they're like, oh, I can't say it like that. Um, but the one thing we just constantly tell people is, I promise you cannot seem uh, arrogant to an American. You just can't like, I'm, well, I welcome you to try, you know, you can tell me the story in the most arrogant way you can imagine. And I'll let you know if my, uh, you know, red flag goes off, but, uh, mm. but it just, it doesn't, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, confidence, I, I think as Americans, uh, for sure, yeah. uh, confidence does turn into arrogance and it is super annoying admittedly. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but the Thai version, um, and and we do work with people from uh, other countries as well but yeah their version of arrogant is not our version of arrogant exactly so i think just being given permission to Mm. kind of tell it how it is and Mm. just remind them that it's true right i mean our clients don't lie it's in their contract that they can't lie to us we don't lie to schools so it is true so why would you why not say it you know we're not asking you to exaggerate we're just we're saying, tell it how it is. And mm-hmm. so I think that makes people more confident as well, because um, I know there are companies and there are people that think, oh, well, mm. I have to lie or I have to say that I did something that wasn't really mine. I'm going to take ownership of somebody else's achievement. We would never do that. So yeah. if you make sure at the drafting stage that every single word is true, then interview mm. should be then interview should not be hard. I mean, yeah, saying no, it out loud is a little bit different, but it's all true. And yeah, the, the truth is your best friend in an interview. You don't worry about probing questions. You don't worry about being challenged. You don't worry about the mm. what ifs and what abouts because mm. you have reality on your side. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting people to say the truth in a better way uh, mm. is the perfect way to prep somebody for an interview. So obviously mm-hmm. our timeline and your timeline are, are different. Um, you're mm. trying to do it in a hurry, uh, but mm. uh, but very similar styles, I think. So, mm. and like you said, most people are willing. You know, they came to you for a reason, right? They want to get better, and if you mm. tell them how to get better, then they're going to do that. So, mm. um, 
And then what's next, right? They come to you. Oh, I got an invite. I got this. Um, do they keep you posted throughout the process and give you all the good most news? Most of them do. Most of them okay. do, which is great. Like most of them do update me home or at least when they, we see each other on campus, they're like, oh, um, thanks for your help. You know, I, I already got this offer. I'm waiting for the other place. So it's really cool to see um, yeah. how they how they help, uh, how they in, um, update you as well. Yeah. Very cool. And then how does it finish up? So Career Fellows, does it run? What months does it run to? So for me, it was until May, right? So I I did it all the wow. time till, till, till finish. And yeah, and I was also doing, um, I was also doing um, TA. I was also a teaching assistant. So it was a, it was a good, it was a intense experience for me. Yeah, but it, it, I did all that till, till May. So yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're getting to stay in the States because I'm, I know you went out, I know you traveled, I know you had a good time, but mm -hmm. you definitely missed out on a little bit of the MBA, the full MBA experience, if you will. So um, I'm glad you're getting to go and stay in the States and, and get a little more of that before you go home because uh, you've definitely earned it. So, um, so make sure that you socialize and enjoy your time there uh, because, you know, it's just this, this is, this is it, man. After this, yeah. You just work until you retire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, MBA is fun, uh, which even when uh, and having talked to you enough uh, during your time there, like I know you're a super high achiever and, and hardworking and all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, still have managed to have a really good time. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's the number one thing I hear from people. Right. Getting in is super difficult. And then once you get there, it really is a lot of fun and really rewarding. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely we'll do that. All right, man. Well, I'm super happy for you, Nine. Uh, you definitely have earned everything that has come your way um, over and over and over again. Uh, and not that I ever doubted that you would succeed, but still really fun to talk to you and, and see all the ways you've succeeded and then to see you pay that forward. I mean, uh, I don't think there's anything more rewarding just because we love to to help people succeed and then when they start doing that for other people, I think that's that's really cool to see because um, you just realize you have this amazing, uh, I don't know that you have an obligation, but you do have an opportunity. You know, you, you do have uh, skills and experiences that are going to really help people that uh, would their lives be terrible without you? No, not necessarily, but they will be different with you. You know, they are going to achieve things with you that they couldn't without you. So, um, Really exciting uh, to see that happen. I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. Thank you so much, Jane. Yeah, no, always nice to speak to you as well. Yeah. All right, Nine. Take care, man. Really appreciate your time today. Uh, go enjoy your last couple of weeks before work starts. Uh, and uh, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Okay, then. Thank you.